Welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvy, a.k.a. Danny, a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. We have a super, super, super dope episode for you today. I think it's so funny how this episode and how I met our guest, Amanda Jane, shows how powerful of a tool Instagram can be. We randomly uh, fell into a really cool conversation on Instagram, and that turned into a new friendship and ultimately having her as a guest on the show. She's an interpersonal coach, a healer, and a phenomenal human being overall. I'm really excited to have you all listen to us dive deep into personal development, boundaries, bettering yourself, tools to go within, emotional intelligence, and the power of language, choice, and free will. So many great nuggets from this show that I know you can get a lot from. If you find any type of value from this episode, please, please, please share it with your friends, family, and loved ones. Leave a five-star rating and also leave a review for your boy. As always, you can too. Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? We have a special, special, special guest in the building. (laughs) We got Amanda Jane, an amazing interpersonal coach and energy healer. Amanda helps those who are in need of direction, have a desire to grow and expand, remain open-minded, and who are ready to bring awareness to themselves and their environment. She will guide you through meditations and conversations that explore your inner world and current life situation, and ultimately how it's connected to your energy and the energy you are attracting, as well as root beliefs. She creates custom self-love and self-discovery practices for you to heal and move stagnant energy as well as build your emotional intelligence and confidence. Through spiritual guidance, oracle cards, and reflective high mileage conversations, she will uncover the experiences and root beliefs behind the habits, patterns, and choices that are keeping you from living a life filled with joy, gratitude, fulfillment, and essentially the direction you seek. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What an introduction. I really appreciate that. No, I appreciate you. And it's funny, we just met very recently, not even a week ago, yeah. and I feel like we've, we've developed such a connection already. Um, you know, my intuition typically tells me when, you know, I met a really kindred spirit mm. and somebody who is out there working on helping others be them best selves and at the same time doing it in their very own life. And I would love to hear kind of what brought you to this point? Because I know for myself and for the many people that I know in this space, ultimately there were some life experiences that essentially were a catalyst for this type of growth. Yeah, I um, definitely, 100%. There's many experiences that led to this, but um, I do feel the same even with about you. And that's what I think is so great about you know Instagram is you know um, usually, I've met so many people from just being like, hey, your, I, your content really speaks to me. Let's have a conversation. So I loved how naturally even just flowed for us to even get to this point too. Um, but I think probably what really uh, started me on this journey would, I'd have to say, was um, maybe a year ago. <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, it was a year ago. And I, a little over a year ago, a year and a half, I worked at a corporate environment um, called Chewy.com. And it's very fast paced. It's, uh, you know, I got to a level where I was a leadership development specialist training um, new hire supervisors. Uh, I was training them. I was writing the content. Um, I was also doing the reporting on it. So it was, it was a three person job into one. But, um, you know, the company was growing at such a fast pace that um, that's kind of what happens, right, is when you grow so fast, it's like, all right. You have seven hats now. So that's what it ended up being. And I got to a point where I uh, was so invested and in the company and um, got caught up in that world to the point where I was working over 60 hours a week. Mm. And um, I hit a moment where I couldn't get out of bed to go to work. Mm. And that never usually was the case for that environment because – 
um, you got to explore and learn and create and had the, um, what's the word, the space to do so. Um, but it got to a point where I was in tears going to work. And it, I just, I've never experienced such a depression like that. And I started seeing the life coach that they had on staff there. And the probably the one of the, the aha moment that really set me into course of inner healing and uh, ex- exploration of what I was in need of Um we were talking about how I don't have any time to focus on myself or learn about the things that I want to learn about Mm -hmm. and this, this, and this. And she goes, so are they holding a gun to your head saying that you have to work 60 hours a week? Mm. And I was like, "Mm, no, but, (laughs) but I have to do it. I have to be here. Right. As well as like friend obligations. Right. I was telling her how on my weekends, all it was is like, you know, these invitations to go to parties or, you know, engagements or things like that. And that even the thought of even going to those was draining. Mm. And uh, so she said, like, do you can't say no to any of these things? And uh, I realized then that I didn't have time. Not enough time wasn't the issue. Boundaries were wow, the issue. Yes. So um, I, when I started actually realizing the, that I needed boundaries and uh, creating those, everything started to change. I became like a little hermit. I, you know, I was like every week and every weekend, I just spent in my own little cave and home um, and doing the exploration kind of work that I needed to do. And, you know, it was, it was, I was pretty isolated, I want to say for the, for like three or four months, but um, I needed to figure out how I could take my power back mm, and do that inner work. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that. And there's been so many people I've spoken to, and even in my own experience, where I pretty much learned that all my eggs had to go in the work basket, mm-hmm. and all of my energy, all of my validation, how I looked at myself, was all based off of what was I producing at work? And I think that's a common thing that we are conditioned to think early on through school from elementary all the way up through college and, you know, higher learning up until we get that, that corporate position. And it wasn't until recently where I discovered this distinction between success and fulfillment, Mm. where oftentimes success is rooted in how much money Am I making at work? How am I climbing the corporate ladder? What is the title or titles that I now have? And versus fulfillment is, you know, having success in the domain of career and finances, but also having success in personal relationship, Mm. personal relationships with friends and family, leisure time, uh, personal growth, uh, community service, and everything in between. And I love how part of your journey, what brought you to this point, was essentially seeing that all of your eggs were going into the work basket. And then those couple of eggs that you had left were going right into, you know, social engagement and friends and other people. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until you realized how much boundaries played a role in essentially allowing you to, one, realize what was going on in your life and what was really taking away your energy because mm-hmm. you found out it wasn't time it was a lack of boundaries yeah right? oh Which for it, sure yeah <laughs> and then how that even led to this time of almost like solitude like kind of mm-hmm. giving yourself a chance to go within for about three months four months and really discover yourself again right at maybe yeah. a, a level deeper than you never had before what what were some of the things that came up for you during that time of solitude that you realized were the bigger, more important aspects of yourself? Um, I realized that I, uh, just as much as I needed, you know, as I love to in, have engage with friends and have fun and, and go out, I just as much loved my alone time and being, you know, a homebody. And I sacrificed that a lot with also tying into, I I have such a um, deep connection with a lot of um, 
spiritual practices and this call, right, that was constantly, you know, scratching at me. It's like, hey, we want to spend more time with you. We want to, you know, <laughs> and make us a priority, right? And um, and I was like, okay, well, how do I make this a priority? How do I incorporate this more in my day to day life? And I think a lot of times, um, especially when you're when you've put all those eggs in your work basket and into your friends and social engagements. I also, part of what she, um, we realized is, uh, I, another session I had with my coach at, at the, at the time she had said to me, uh, I told her I'm just selfless. And she goes, you know, I'd rather hang out with somebody who's selfish rather than selfless. And I kind of was taken aback by that. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, you don't want to hang out with someone selfish. So, um, and I said, why? And she goes, because someone who is um, selfish isn't expecting something in return. Wow. And that was like a huge, you know, wake up call for me. And she said, you know, you want to be self-full to the point where you filled your cup up because it's not anyone else's job to um, give you the, uh, you know, validation and love and um, fulfillment uh, based off of their energy. It's important for you to make sure that you are 100%. And when you're overflowing, right, when you've given to yourself where you're like, okay, I'm really good, then you have the ability to give without expectation. And that to me was the most mind-blowing perception. And I realized, and it was a hard pill to swallow, right, because – I realized and looked back at my um, relationships as well as my job and how much I did have an expectation when I did give how of what I was going to receive in return, right? Like I, right. I was like, okay, but I want this, right? <laughs> because I'm going to give you this. You're going to give me that. Right. And it's um, – I realized how uh, – I was like, oh, that doesn't feel good, right? Like I felt like sneaky to me mm. to, um, to have that mentality – but I'm glad it, I brought awareness to it, right? Because I was able to shift it. And it's not about, you know, um, definitely it, it hurt to look at, to see like, ooh, I have that mm. part of me, right? But it um, sometimes we need to recognize those moments because we're not perfect and we're learning how to do better each and every day. And that was part of it. So I embraced it and I got to change it. That's so powerful. It's mm-hmm. so powerful that you were able to take those experiences, take a step back, and see them for what they were Mm -hmm. and understand that, hey, I'm doing this from a place of looking to better myself as opposed to doing it from a place of judging myself and beating myself up because there is a huge distinction there. And I make up that most of us like to pull out the beat up stick and, you know, just bring ourselves down for whatever the, the specific reason is. The concept that you speak on of being self-full, I love it. I've never heard of it placed that way, so I'm going to steal that. Thank you. I love <laughs> Definitely. Self, I love self-full. <laughs> and I talk about it all the time, this, this idea that we can only give from what's running over our full cup. Yeah. Right? And we a lot of times we come up with this idea that we're supposed to give and give and give, and we end up giving from this empty place, and then eventually we're – a exhausted and then b we're looking for someone else to replenish the cup mm-hmm. for us because like hey i gave everything to you now give back to me and that's when it ends up being a, a codependent relationship yeah. right instead of a, a conscious loving relationship yeah and, and i've went through that myself too um you know especially like in my mom's life and seeing how before she passed away how much she would always try to give mm-hmm. from an empty cup and it was through learning through her, knowing that, okay, the, the only way I can truly serve others at the level that I want to serve them is to ensure that I'm filling my cup up first. And that's why mm-hmm. things like exercise, eating nutrient-dense clean foods, meditation, mm-hmm. you know, prayer, all these journaling, practicing gratitude, all, all, those are all the ways that I fill my cup up on a daily basis so that I can work with my clients at a high level so that I can be um, a great example of what's possible. Mm -hmm. And I tell people all the time, being being self-full now, not selfish, but being self-full is 
is necessary. It's a requirement mm-hmm. because it's from that type of space that we can truly pick up people around us. And, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, whether it's through the racial and social injustice or it's through what's going on with COVID-19 and the amount of stress and uncertainty that's going on now, I make up that now is a better time than maybe ever to Mm -hmm. be going within and going about our own reflecting. I'm curious, what are some of the some of the tactics that you have your clients do to find great ways to go within? So um, it's a great thing that you're um, even talking about when it comes to uh, identifying the, um, the uh, not only the things that fill your cup up, but with everything that's going on, you know, I really truly believe that you're given uh, challenge and discomfort and change when it's needed versus when it's uh, when you're ready for it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you think about human beings, we are, you know, a bit of creatures of habit. We like cozy. We like feeling comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. So when someone comes and ruins that comfort, it's like, ah, I don't know what to do. Chaos. Yeah, it's chaos. <laughs> and that's a lot of what's happening even in this day. So I totally agree with you that it is the perfect time to um, evaluate how you're reflecting and evaluate how, because you have so much more time with yourself and not as much time for distractions. So um, I, some of the things that I've even given my clients has been, um, you know, I actually refer back to this book called How to Train a Wild Elephant. Mm. Um, it's a great book and it's filled with all these practices that teach you, um, about mindfulness and how do you can become more aware of, um, you know, the things around your life. And it gives you, you know, uh, a breakdown of you're supposed to do these practices for like seven days. And, you know, it gives you for the first couple days, an introductory of how, uh, to embrace this practice and things to think about, and then it gives you a deeper meaning. And part of what I've given a couple of those exercises even to my clients and said, okay, I want you to journal on this throughout the week. Like how, what are you recognizing? What is this bringing up for you? Um, Because those little practices bring more mindfulness into their day-to-day, right? You don't want to just jump right into the, all right, so let's get into your childhood, right? (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's most important to just even start the awareness because um, my approach has always been to um, help them discover what's going on. I don't need to tell them what's uh what's wrong with them or what they're experiencing it's not it's not my story i um help them discover what things mean to them and i ask them certain questions and i'll hold a mirror up you know to certain things that they may say or do but um that's really you know the start of it is uh one of the practices in there is talks about uh noticing blue right Mm. so Notice the color blue throughout the day. And what you can do is put a little blue dot on your hand. And every time you recognize it, you just stop and take a moment. What's blue around here, right? Mm. And um, how does that make you feel, right, when you recognize the blue? And for me, when I personally did the practice myself, I felt like it started to grow so much to where I felt like I was under the sea half the time. And I was like, oh, my Mm. God, everything's blue. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but it also even gets you aware of even your filtering, right? Of how you, when you do decide to hone in on something, how much you will start to recognize it in your reality Mm. and what is it connected to. So um, I always start with those little practices and also um, to help them, uh, some body image uh, practices I've even given to mm-hmm. help people even recognize how they feel about themselves. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you can say, you can ask the person, you know, what's your best quality? How do you feel about yourself? You oh, know, wow. and they come up like, ah, I hate talking about myself. I, I, I don't know what I could say, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay. So another big one I've used is to um, women, uh, it's mainly women, but men go through it too. Mm-hmm. Um, which is how can you, uh, look at yourself, butt ass naked in a mirror yeah. and, uh, look at it at yourself with appreciation for this body. Right. And 
Um, sometimes that's a little bit challenging for people. And I say, you know, you don't have to, um, it's like to, to challenge them to face that, even those emotions and journal about it. But sometimes, you know, a better approach is them, um, instead of looking in the mirror, is them getting naked and then taking a bunch of lotion and thinking about each and being intentional. Every time that they touch their arm, you know, thinking about what has their arms done for them? How have they protected them? And, you know, what, ser- what purpose do they serve? And just showing that love and appreciation where they're literally giving it to back to themselves and their body. Mm. And how does that feel? Wow. So. That's powerful. There, there's so many. There's three key things that I got from there was, you know, awareness, self-discovery, mm-hmm. and appreciation. Yeah. And I think all three of those are, they sound simple, but they're so profound in what they can provide for an individual person. And mm-hmm. in my coaching practice, everything starts with awareness as well, because mm-hmm. once I know once I am aware of something that I'm doing, something I'm thinking, how I'm showing up, well, now I get to make a choice, right? I get to consciously decide, okay, how is it that I want to move forward? Right. So with awareness comes choice. And I love what you say about how essentially you facilitate with your clients their own Mm self-discovery. And that's what I think is so important with coaching and how it how coaching really differs from therapy, because we are essentially helping our clients discover for themselves what's going on Mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to diagnose it for them and trying to you know create their narrative Mm -hmm. where i've seen like for real growth to happen it it all happens intrinsically Mm -hmm. and us as excuse me facilitators just like you said we get to hold up that mirror and show that person like hey like this is who you are this is what you said this is how you've been showing up Mm -hmm. now how do you want to continue from here yeah. And appreciation, such an important tool. It's so funny how you say that, um, how you say, you know, you'll ask somebody, you know, what's your, your favorite part about yourself? Or, you know, what do you love about yourself most? And they have so much trouble with it. And that reminds me of like the interview questions when someone goes for mm. a job. It's like, oh, so like, what are your strengths? What are you best at? And a lot of times people can have trouble really acknowledging themselves celebrating themselves Mm -hmm. so that's why part of my practice as well you know every session the first thing we start with is like hey what are you celebrating yourself for Mm -hmm. right like what what are we acknowledging that you've accomplished or how you showed up or that you did or didn't do and I think that's something that really builds up confidence self-esteem and allows us individually to appreciate ourselves and to show up powerfully well and it's the norm of what we're used to seeing, right, is advertisements and the way that things are set up is to show us how much of the things that we need to be happy, right? right. And um, what success should look like. Right. And instead of, you know, just asking, does that, you know, feel right to me, you know, being successful in that regard and, you know, connecting back to the authenticity of what does how do I want to define success? How do I want to define love? How do I want to define, um, you know, these different ways of showing up and, and acting out in the world? Um, and it's going back to even choice, right? You have a choice on how you want your world to be. And that's so fun. Like when you realize that, you're like, wait, I get to choose what my reality gets to be like? What? And it is. It's exciting because – and there's so much – beauty in that because um you know if everyone did something and that's what we're even realizing right in society is how much there is a very singular narrative of how we should be showing up how Mm -hmm. you know life should look like you know white picket fence corporate job doing this and you know for some people they may enjoy that and that's okay and that's great but there's a lot of people who um, have deeper passions and you know they are on autopilot throughout right. the day and instead of actually um, being conscious of how they're spending their time and how that's uh, manifesting and incorporating 
what their reality is. So I think that, um, you know, when you get to recognize you have a choice in what you believe, because if you think about belief, right, what it comes down to is um, it's, it's you can't say what is, uh, that one is true and one is not. Right. That's the beauty about belief. And, you know, if you want to believe, and, and that's what I even tell people with, uh, you know, the spiritual connection, right? If you're a Christian and you associate more with that verbiage and that language, absolutely. You know, I just because I say I'm spiritual and stuff like that, it doesn't mean that um, I'm going to have an issue with you being Christian, right? right. Um, I, I respect that because at the end of the day, it's, it's uh, different interpretations of really the same kind of energy that we're experiencing in connection to that greater power above, Right. And into the universe. Some people say God. Some people say universe. Some people say, um, you know, Shiva or, you know, whatever their interpretation is um, or Allah, right? So right. it doesn't matter. Um, but you get to – people sometimes think that um, it's all about interpretation, right? They think that, oh, because you're this religion, you believe in this, right? And generalizing it. And it's like, <laughs> right. no. You know, again, interpretation. There's extremists in every religion and there's extremists uh, wherever you look even because that's the way the pendulum swings is there's some people who are really lax about things. Then there's some people who are really serious in regimen with things. So it just, you know, whatever resonates for you and that's how you get to show up and not judge other people. And that's what we're also used to doing is judging Mm, how other people show up. Like, well, well, I have a problem with that. And it's like, no, it's okay. Right. Right. We can, we can have two different worlds coexisting side by side. Isn't that so freaking cool? Right. and, And that's the thing. I love how you put that of how we can have these different worlds coexisting and it doesn't have to be this. I'm right. You're Mm -hmm. wrong. Mm -hmm. Or like, I'm in this box, you're in that box. My box is quote unquote good. Your box is bad. And it co- it all comes down to perspective and interpretation, just like mm-hmm. you said. And something that I think is is fascinating is how there can be, you know, a fact. Like there could be something that happens, like, you know, there's a car accident, right? Mm-hmm. And you and I could be can view the car accident happen. And there's going to be four different perceptions. Mm. You know, I'm going to have my perspective on how that car crash was, uh, how it happened. You're going to have your perspective. The person in one car is going to say that, oh, well, it was that person's fault or that person was doing this. And then the other person is going to have their perspective on, you know, the crash and their interpretation of it, where at the basis of it, the fact is that there was a car accident. Yeah. Right. And that's the fact. Mm-hmm. And then out of there, there's literally an infinite amount of interpretations or stories that we can create. Mm-hmm. And I say all of that to say that, you know, there's times where we get to just look at the facts for what they are and understand that, you know, my own interpretation is going to be different from somebody else's and that's okay. Yeah. And they're both going to be, in essence, to a certain extent, right. Right. And for sure, it's the at the end of the day, it's a truth. And there's can be multiple truths living at the same exact time. And I think that um, that's also something that's not taught really in this day and age is and it needs to be incorporated more because actually I saw this video um, before I want to say it was last night. And it was of um, I can't remember her name, but she's a famous speaker. And she has a certain condition where, you know, um, she lacks collagen fill in her uh, her cheekbones. And she has, I think, one eye that is blind. Um, and I want to say she doesn't look like the norm, right, of what most people look like. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's been a trend going around on TikTok where um, parents were showing their kids, you know, really um, – not out of the norm pictures of individuals to say, oh, this is your new teacher and them getting scared, right? And Mm -hmm. she was talking about the importance of how it is to not do that because you're teaching your children to be scared of people who look different than them. Mm -hmm. And she's so right because, you know, 
why are we going to fault somebody for the way that they look? And because, you know, most of the time, it besides plastic surgery, you know, some people are born with certain um, conditions that make them look different than us. And it's nothing to be scared of. Right. It's, you know, how can we have more compassion to, you know, not look at this person differently or discredit them for, you know, just because of the way that they look. Right, mm -hmm. right. It's powerful how one small difference can completely change how we look at somebody. Mm -hmm. And something that that reminds me of is how a lot of times, I mean, as human beings, we're, we have so much more in common in every aspect than we have things that are different. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of times what we focus on are the differences, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, that person likes blue and I like red. We're different people now. I, mm -hmm. I can't like them. We're not going to get along. Whereas like every other aspect of your life, you know, is the same. And I was having a conversation uh, with a friend the other day and we we're talking about, you know, the differences that people search for within other people and how that throws really all of our humanity off. Mm. And he gives this example of a story where, you know, two people are in, you know, two Americans see each other in India and they're like, oh, it's another American. So they want to go talk to that person. So they go have because they look the same. Mm -hmm. So they go, they have a conversation. And the one guy's like, yeah, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, my God. So am I. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I go to a church called such and such. Oh, wow. What type of church is that? Oh, it's a it's a Christian church. Oh, well, no, I'm Catholic. So, you know, we can't be friends. <laughs> and it's just like and it's so ridiculous. It's like y'all yeah. have so much in common. But because there's that one little difference, it's going to be like, oh, no, we're not cool now. And. And it's like a silly example, mm -hmm. and I think it happens a lot in how we interact with with each other, where we we almost look for that one thing to like battle on instead of thinking about all the things we can come together on. Yeah, and you make a great point because um, I think it's a very primal and primitive thing when we judge based off of looks, right? And that's kind of like, an, a, you know, that fight or flight or response, right? Because when we come in contact with something that, you know, we're not familiar with or that we don't know, um, or maybe we come in contact with something that we're, uh, we've never experienced, but we have been told a narrative about it, right? And there's this uh, moment of, you know, fear that happens to a certain extent where you have to, you know, bring in your conscious mind though, right? It's okay to recognize the fear, but it's um, the responsibility of your conscious mind to face that fear and say, okay, how valid is it, right? Mm. In this situation, because, um, and that's even part of even building emotional intelligence too, is, you know, recognizing the reaction, right? The instinctual reaction and just taking a moment to pause and look at it. Okay, how is, is it valid? Do I have, uh, how's everything else going on in this situation? How do I know that this is true? And um, even just reflecting on that for a brief moment and challenging yourself to um, move forward in a certain way, right? So just like even like what you were talking about with um, religion, right, for other, other peoples, it's I think the same that goes even into um, what we're experiencing with this racial uh, clash right now of uh, recognizing the narratives and the stories that, you know, certain, you know, people of color have experienced and um, also recognizing the stories that we've told about ourselves um, or even about, you know, people of color and really taking a hard look at that and how can we validate or discredit the narrative that maybe has built within our minds. Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful. And, and I think it mm -hmm. takes, a, it, it takes a, a lot of courage for a person to take that step back mm -hmm. and to really look at their their thoughts and the way that they show up and see like okay is this what's going to be most effective is this what's going to bring the most people together is this going to allow my vision of the world to come true because it's so easy you know we're humans we have you know 
thousands upon thousands upon thousands of thoughts a day. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we try to think that every thought that pops up is true Mm -hmm. or it's our reality where in actuality it's just a thought that comes up and now we get to take that step back and see like okay is this my automatic how is it serving me Mm -hmm. how is it serving the situation you know is it putting me into that that fight or flight mode Mm -hmm. and like what's that about and I think it it goes right back to awareness Mm -hmm. right being able to recognize all of these different feelings thoughts emotions that come up and then be able to take that step back and be like okay what's really going on here yeah it's a game changer yeah, for sure so you spoke deeply into emotional intelligence and i know you know you and i know what that is right and we study it, and it's very much a part of the work we do how would you describe emotional intelligence to somebody who may be listening now and isn't too familiar with it I would say um, emotional intelligence is the ability to not react out of um, emotion. And how I see it as is if you take a moment and uh, reflect and even recognize when um, you were in clear minded, right, where you weren't having an uh, emotional experience, right, because emotional emotions can be an experience. And because it's an experience, it can change the perspective and perception that we're um, experiencing. Like there's a reason why there's the term blind with rage. (laughs) And um, it's even working in the corporate world, right? You, especially as a woman, you had to be careful in how you presented certain things because if you had emotion, any kind of emotion to it, it could be discredited, right? That mm. you were experiencing or you're feeling emotional and that was the reason why this was a problem versus that you have the logic and the, um, I guess, facts you could say to verify that it is a legitimate problem. Mm. So it's being able to communicate um, through, like kind of like the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the in between the lines, right? Like right. what's going on in between the lines? So how can we communicate through that, um, you know, perception? And because perception is reality, right? And um, so it doesn't matter how, you know, your intention meant to be. Sometimes um, your intention and the way that you're perceived can be two different things. So when you are exploring or you know working on raising your emotional intelligence you're learning how to make that more you uni- more uh, in touch with one another perception as well as uh, your intention that's great mm-hmm. that's great i love that and this idea of perception being reality mm-hmm. and i think that goes right back into what we we're speaking about truth mm-hmm. because our individual perception is our truth of how we see the world yeah. Right. And how would you go about taking that a step further and and helping somebody understand, like, is their truth serving them or not? Mm. I would, um, you know, I think it's first and foremost um, putting out the uh, recognize. So language shapes your reality. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think a big indicator to how um, their truth is interfering with their reality or the truths that they hold at that moment is um, reading back their language to them, right? Right. You said this. So this is the interpretation of Mm. of that kind of connotation, you know, just like when um, you say, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, right? Meaning instead of "I'm I'm doing it. Right. right. So you're talking about past tense versus present tense. Right. So even just in that kind of uh, distinction can tell your brain that there's leaving room for error. There's leaving room for a way out versus mm-hmm. committing to I'm actually going to take this action and make it happen. Yes. Yes. So I language think, is. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 Language is so powerful in that way in the sense that, you know, I am is like the biggest declaration that a person can make, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's creating in the universe or to God, letting letting them know like, okay, this is something that you're going to 
create or that you're creating mm. in your life. Now, let's see it happen. Because I think people fall or default to that safety net, if you will, because it's comfortable. Yeah. Right. Like it's it's creating a commitment without actually committing to it. Yeah. Because if someone says they're going to do something in the future, I mean, the future is the future. Like it's, you know, it could be as far away as you want it to be, or it can be right now. Yeah. And I love what you talk about um, with language because it's something that I think is so important too. Mm -hmm. And that's how I speak with my clients. It's, you know, never use your word against you. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's the, it's the first agreement, right? It's be impeccable with your word because if you use your word against you, you're literally Mm self-sabotaging already. You're putting yourself down. If you call yourself, you know, anything negative, say that you're, you're stupid, you're not worthy, whatever it may be. Well, now the way that you move throughout the world is going to represent those words that you just said. And that's why I think it's so important that we do use positive affirmations and that we catch ourselves the second we say anything that's negative or something that we kind of put off way in the distance. Like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm going to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's funny uh, that you, you know, language and I think a big one, too, that people don't realize or make the connection to um, something that I work with my clients is I'm like, Let's look back at the memes that you're sending to your friends or the memes that you're posting on social media. Let's look at, you know, what reality they support, right? What perception do you see with that? Because, you know, um, I, I was actually working with one client and she was telling me about how it's uh, really challenging for her to find, um, a boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I have her on social media and I was looking at a lot of the memes that she was posting and it was all about how men are crappy and, <laughs> uh, right, <laughs> and you know, and how like they're just liars and, you know, all about cheating and these mm-hmm. text messages and stuff like that. And I brought this up to her and she was, but you know, it's just joke. It's sarcasm. It's supposed to be funny. And I'm like, but you are enforcing that truth. That yep. this is what men are instead of mm. you deciding to switch and change the narrative. Because, again, just like how, you know, you if you're continuously saying um, certain things about another person, you're going to end up believing it. Absolutely. And especially when it comes to that regard, if you think, and that's the men that you're actually going to bring into your life as well. And because that's going to be your reality. A hundred percent. Again, it shows how powerful the word is and when somebody is is really unconsciously putting out those types of messages Mm -hmm. you know she she probably just didn't realize how that does create her reality Mm -hmm. and by showing her this new possibility you know I'm, i'm so interested to hear you know in the future what ends up you know happening in her life after she really reframes one how she talks about or perceives men Mm -hmm. and then two, the messages that she's been putting out through you know her memes and social media it's it's so important yeah and what's interesting is uh what the the root of what it was is there's a fear of trust Mm. and a fee and i think that actually is for a lot of different areas in people's lives i know that's something that i've even had to work on with trusting myself trusting my capabilities Mm. right yes and putting your trust back in another person is, um, it's challenging, especially when you've been burned before. And right. so, you know, uh, trusting that um, you're going to recognize if there's an issue or trusting that you're going to pick the right person too, right? That your picker, so to say, with lack of better mm-hmm. words, um, <laughs> is, is, is uh, you know, is up to the standards that it needs to be, right? So... Um, it also can be a form of self-sabotage. Sometimes we're, you know, expecting to, and that's what even we discussed too, is how it's um, because it's comfort, right? She knows that this type of man, she knows what to expect. She doesn't have to put hope into Mm. that it's actually going to, you know, be uh, a beautiful relationship and someone who's going to be loyal to her. So I think... um, sometimes hope can be so much scarier to people than um, actually, you know, uh, than taking, 
hoping scarier than actually the uh, the I can't even talk <laughs> than <laughs> choosing the uh, the person who's going to hurt you. Right, mm-hmm. for sure. It, it's it's such an interesting concept of how scary it can be to trust, mm. especially trusting oneself. We were talking earlier about you know how how do we look at situations? Are we looking at it from a intrinsic point of view or an extrinsic mm-hmm. point of view? Yeah. And when we talk about trust, if I trust myself to make a great decision or to do quote unquote like what I think is the right thing or the truth, well now I'm putting all the ownership on myself. Mm-hmm. So if that thing doesn't work out how I anticipated it to. Now it, it all comes back to me, mm. which because of the work I've done, like th- to me, that's a good thing now. You know what I mean? Like it's not coming from, you know, a place of like blame or like beating myself up, but from a place of like learning and recognition. Mm-hmm. However, you know, I make up when a person hasn't done that type of work yet. It's hard to take ownership for the things that are going on in their life that they don't appreciate Mm -hmm. or they don't like and it can be hard to look in the mirror and you know stare at yourself and be like okay i'm the common denominator in every single situation that i'm in so how is it that i'm showing up as opposed to saying like well all these you know potential partners that i've been interacting with like you know no they all suck yeah. It's like, no, it's like you're giving all your power away mm-hmm. when that happens. So I think ownership and trust are two of the biggest tools that we get to tap into as individuals mm-hmm. to really grow and to be our best self. Yeah. And it does take work to trust because, you know, I make up that not everything is going to happen how we think it's going to happen. And that's OK. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, and I think that even goes back to choice, right, of what you decide to believe when these things happen. And um, I, because that's always something that I work really a a lot with my clients too is how, um, how do you want to choose, what meaning do you want to choose that this gives you, right? Right. And, you know, I'm a huge advocate um, for uh, always finding meaning and purpose in whatever we're handed, right? And that's because from me, the truth that I've received is even if it's something that may quote unquote see, seem bad or um, hurtful that brings, you know, challenge or discomfort, um, I see a purpose in it. And I yeah. say, okay, well, it's teaching me this. So mm. it's good to, even though sometimes there's moments where I'm like, I don't want to see what it's teaching me. I just want to be <laughs> upset. Right. And that's okay too. Um and we're, that's the human experience, right? Is feeling <laughs> those sure. emotions and how, um, but the cool thing is the free will that we have yes. and the choice that we get to make and how we take it. So, um, and that's what I work a lot with my clients is because I was like, you can sit here and you can, you know, choose to hold on to that pain of what you experienced and it just be this nasty thing and but what gives you more peace holding on to that or believing that it had a purpose and served you and and what you learned from it what it taught you how you grew from it and um you I don't have a problem usually ever with my clients when we talk about things like that but um you know it comes down to uh them acknowledging they don't want to feel what it meant right like the Mm. hopes that they had and how um, they felt robbed of it, right? And how they were excited and they were so hopeful for all these things and and it it didn't turn out that way. And that's okay because, you know, it's not saying that there's never gonna be a thing that is beautiful happening in your life again, but how can we make room for that to be drawn back in Mm. if we do not take the density of the hurt that they experienced and transmute it and make it go away. Absolutely. So much truth in that Mm -hmm. where we get to understand that these quote unquote negative things, Mm -hmm. bad things that happen, that there's a lesson there. Mm -hmm. And it's through those lessons and truly understanding and embodying those lessons that 
allow us to grow and transcend it. Mm -hmm. And if things were always super positive and easy and happy-go-lucky, then I make up there wouldn't be gratitude and appreciation for all the great things that that do go on in life. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, they're all great because whether it's something that we anticipated that we wanted or we got something that we thought we didn't want, like you said, there's a lesson there Mm -hmm. that gets to be unpacked. And it's like the difference between, okay, do I want to look at this situation and learn from it? Or am I going to look at the situation and like ruminate in it and just like dive into this deep hole of like unworthy (laughs) unworthiness, not good enough, not smart enough, Mm -hmm. not beautiful enough. Just this overall place of lack that I think a lot of people's automatic goes to. Yeah. And if you, um, what I've started to recognize is how much, I mean, if you think about the amount of time that, um, people spend watching Netflix and, um, all these different, um, shows and reality shows, granted what is entertaining is, um, is, uh, drama (laughs) and, and don't get me wrong. There's some times where I'm like, I want a good old fashioned, you know, drama filled show. But uh-huh. if you know what's interesting is when uh, when you start to realize or, or replay to how much time you spend watching that or being in, immersed in that drama. I mean, anybody can attest to right. Like when you binge watch um, a series, you're you you actually feel like you know the characters, and then you start mm-hmm. even incorporating and acting like. You're in that world, you know? So, um, you know, if you're spending a lot of time uh, watching, you know, you are what you eat. And I always think of that even within the content too, right? You're consuming a lot of content that supports um, where it's always an issue, right? (laughs) Like Gossip Girl, for instance, where there's always... You know, there's no harmony in relationships. There's no um, uh, even ways on how to. It's always about revenge and this kind of perception. So, and that's how I, I've seen even people get addicted to the uh, the loop because there's this high, low, there's this adrenaline rush, and then there's this dip of like, okay, normal. And then it's up, up back up again, and this is back down. Mm. So um, how can you... Uh, get yourself, you know, on a more balanced wavelength and um, incorporate it that way. So that's, I think, a big one um, that I always work with on my clients is recognizing where they're getting the um, fill and love of the drama. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Like you said, that drama is addicting. Yeah. People are addicted to the drama and there's all different types of hormones that are activated mm-hmm. when we're in those types of situations and before we know it we keep seeing ourselves fall into these same patterns that we say we don't want to be in exactly yet our body and how we react to it there, there is a little like dopamine hit in there mixed in that makes it hard to pull ourselves away from it yeah how do you think world star is so popular you know what i mean yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah exactly that and you make such a great point on consumption mm-hmm. because i'm a firm believer that just like you said it's not only what we put in our body it's also what we put on our body it's what we watch and what we you know expose our mind to it's the mm-hmm. type of conversations that we're having it's the type of you know, maybe toxic relationships. There's Mm. so much that goes into it that if we're not careful, we don't take that step back and we don't, like you said in the very beginning, create these boundaries. Well, before you know it, you're going to be lost in this, um, what can be a deep, dark uh, circle. Yeah. Or cycle that just continues, continues, and continues. And until you bring awareness to it, you know, by yourself or, you know, with a friend or with a mentor, with a coach, it may be hard to uh, see what your blind spots are. Yeah, and I think that's um, why it's so, I think it's so amazing how more people are seeing the value in coaching because having a soundboard 
right? And just uh, because I'm a person who I like to talk things out, right? I need mm-hmm. to mull it over and I need to kind of like throw things on the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. So um, I have a coach myself, right? I'm a coach, right. but I also have a coach myself. So Same. it's, yeah. And, and it's so helpful because, you know, um, and that's even what makes, you know, my job even that much more impactful because I am no different than my clients, right? Like I've, it's even in experiences that they've going, are going through, I've been going through or I had gone through and vice versa, right? There's something that they're teaching me, I'm teaching them. And um, it's just a beautiful harmony in that regard. And I think that, you know, there's, the more that you recognize that there's a teacher in everybody and um, you're forever a student because there's so much you can learn about so many different things and incorporate in your life and just, um, and the world's always evolving, right? For sure. So that's always exciting. Yeah, the outer world, our inner world, everything is always evolving. And something that really helped me is understanding that I'm going to be on this personal development journey for the rest of my life mm-hmm. because there's always going to be things that that shift there's going to be perspectives that change there's going to be life events that happen that allow me to shift and I'm open to it I'm ready for it I'm excited about it um, as opposed to in the past where it's like no I don't want any change like change is bad <laughs> yeah. right and, and that's the thing like we're human beings like we're meant to grow and evolve and as the world is evolving we're going to be evolving so that that allows me to keep a lot of peace when i'm like why haven't i got it all figured out yet yeah i'm a coach i should know what to do in this situation <laughs> and just like you said like i'm a coach i'm, I'm actually starting a, a group coaching program with a bunch of men today we have our our first um, our first tribe session so i'm really excited about that and yeah i believe that everybody gets to have a coach so that they can evolve and be the best version of themselves possible. Yeah. And it's, you know, you were saying something uh, earlier about, you know, the claim I am, right? So there's this, um, you know, woman who talks about, her name's Kathy Scholes, and she has um, written books about on being wrong and the relationship to being wrong. Mm. And um, she brings up this quote that uh, Augustine, I guess, is the philosopher who said it, but it says, Erofalgosum. And uh, basically, what it means is, I error, therefore I am. Wow. Right? So <laughs> I've never heard that. That's powerful. Yeah. And, you know, so she talks about how he understood at that level and that time that, you know, the human experience is to be wrong, <laughs> is to get things wrong, is to, right. you know, um, to fumble, to grow, to uh, explore. And I think that the more that we create that relationship uh, and release the stigma that we have to be doing everything perfect or mm. and it was even like a Gary um I forget his last name but Gary Gary V, Gary v yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right love him and Gary V was talking about how he's like we have this expectation to that we should know how to um bring into manifestation the things that have never been created before <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, you're so right. You know what I mean? Like, I should know how to monitor my time versus we've never had, um, like, usually opportunity beforehand to uh, teach us how to monitor time or figure out what method works best for me to monitor my time. So um, I love that aspect of it where it's just like, give yourself a break. (laughs) You're learning. You're learning. It's okay to fail. (laughs) That that could be a whole podcast topic on its own yeah (laughs) right learning how to how to be gentle with yourself and understand that uh you know perfection doesn't exist right Mm -hmm. it's more about to me you know striving for excellence and showing up uh the best we can and, and learning from any mistake that we may make along the way yeah absolutely wow well amanda i appreciate all of the gems all of the wisdom and creating a space where all of us could learn and and better understand how we can show up better in life. 
Well, thank you. It's been so much fun. I love the conversation. It was such a good time. And I'm sure we'll definitely have many more in the future. Oh, for sure. We're definitely going to have many more. I can't wait. Yeah. Where can everyone listening uh, find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Odyssey Through the Sea. And it's all one word. And I am going to be having a website launch very, very shortly, which will be odysseythroughthesea.com. Woo! Can't wait. Big things happening. Oh, yeah. So uh, Facebook, too. I'm on there as well with Odyssey Through the Sea. So both those two and um, the website, it's exciting stuff, growing, expanding, putting stuff out there. So great time to be alive. What a time. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you for the incredible, incredible conversation. And I know so many people are going to benefit from this. So thank you. Thank you. Have a great rest of your time, even too, with the the coaching with the men later on today. I appreciate it. Same to you. Yeah.